you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's raising the vibration right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Please visit us at LiveParanormal.com or one of our amazing syndicated affiliates including the amazing iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM. The list goes on and on. Believe it or not, my friends, there are even more than those. Raising the Vibration was the first outreach of a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity that I founded in 2016 to carry on my mom's teachings, both spiritual and humane, a way to honor her and to implement into the world more of the things that she thought was missing. Um, it's at raisingthevibration.org if you want to check it out. I'm Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 27-year talk radio host. And every week on the show, we not only talk about peace and love and kindness and unity, um, but as those are the cornerstone words of the movement, the cornerstone words of this show, ascension, Evolvement, inspiration, and love. Basically, how are you raising your own vibration? What are you giving back to the world? And how is that adding to your overall spiritual evolvement? Then how are you taking both of those new wonderful things that you've amassed and use them to inspire others? And then are you just throwing a lot of love into it? Because love is all there is, my friends, right? All you need is love, and love is everything, and love is all there is. My guest today is a wonderfully talented radio host in her own right. Uh, She's got a podcast that I guest on every time I have a minute to do it because I love it so much. Um, She's also worked in the entertainment industry most of her life and done so many exciting things. Uh, She's very spiritual and always about raising the vibration, which is such an important thing to me. Uh, Every week on the show, you meet people that I know and love that understand what raising the vibration really is. Please welcome to the show my wonderful friend, Gay Ann Bruno is here. How are you, my friend? It's uh, good to have you here. Thank you, my friend. I love just being with you and being in your energy, albeit, you know, via phone or via Zoom, but I can't wait to give you a hug next time I see you in person. Isn't that nice that that kind of thing is actually happening again, right? We're getting close. Yes, hugging. Hugging. One step closer to hugging. <laughs> yeah. I missed it. I hugged but the I, cat a lot. I have to tell you, I, I hugged the cat because um, my life was so full of hugs, and I know not everybody's life is, and that's um, my love. And that's my heart so sad for them. them. So sorry. But, but during COVID, there were no more hugs, and I felt that difference in just relating to people. And, and you know um, – Spending a lot of time down here where I grew up in Orange County, an hour south of L.A. I love it here. I love the beach. I love the energy. I'm restoring my family home, and I love that. But entertainment people are much more mushy, and I miss the, yeah. the tactile nature of people. I miss the hugging. 
Um, I miss that everybody's talking about their creative projects all the time. So I'll be very happy when my when LA comes really back into swing and we're all doing that again, you know, because I miss that part of my of my spiritual life too. Well, absolutely, and it's like for the past. Well, I don't know my entertainment business. That's been revving up like through COVID, but it's really kicking up now. Like um, I hadn't traveled obviously in a few years. And just in, in this year alone, I've been to Vegas. I've been to Nashville. I've been to New York. I'm going to Montreal. I'm going to Toronto. So I am traveling. And, you know, I mean, I just got my second booster the other day. But, you know, and I'm, I'm taking precautions for myself too. But, you know, it's slowly starting to get back to normal, but it's just so cool that when you get on set and everyone has seen each other, you know, granted the hugging, not so much, but at least the energy of like people just like so happy to just be in a room with people and doing what they love to do. As you said, you know, the creative juices are flowing. So it's, it's, it's getting slowly back to some sort of normalcy. I completely agree with you. And, and I, um, I understand we all had to stay where we were during COVID. And as an extroverted introvert, I kind of loved that time of mm-hmm. not having to be 14 places every day. But um, it was nice, I think, for the whole world. I mean, a blessing for all of us who stayed healthy or who made it through um, in whatever condition we all made it through in. Um, for us all to take a break and be in our heads and figure out what we really wanted from our lives moving forward. So I think we're kind of coming out of this with a fresh perspective and a new attitude and a fresh start. And I've spent um, the last week, while I've had a lot of time to myself working on my home, um, to really reconnect with friends, uh, friends of mine all over the world. I tell tell you, I I found out last week that – one of my very, very close friends who's like my brother who literally got me through a very bad time in my life has been diagnosed with brain cancer that is very accelerated. And so I know it's just a matter of time, and I don't think it's going to be that long. I don't even think he's in any shape to talk on the phone at this point, so I'm not even going to get to say goodbye. I'm going to record a message for him to listen to. Not a goodbye, obviously, but a hello. Um, So it made me really reach out to people that I love and to reconnect with people, even folks that I haven't talked to for a while because, you know, um, because we get busy, right? And it's made me really realize how lucky I am to have such beautiful souls in my life and how blessed I am. And for a little girl who didn't have any family to now have this kind of wonderful family everywhere, you know, I was not given the gift of relatives, so to speak, but I sure have a, a spirit tribe that is a beautiful thing. And people just telling me as I go through this hard time, right, as you know, because you lost your mother recently, of having to sort through all my mom's stuff and move my stuff in and really sort of say goodbye to my mom and that era in my mm-hmm. life, which I've been putting off for many years, um, uh-huh. to know that people have my back. That's all we really need, right? All human beings need, I believe, is to know someone loves you and has your back and to know that um, we have a purpose on the earth and there's a reason for us to be here. I think really those are, that's all people really need. Yes, I agree. I mean, I, we are both kindred spirits. I also am an only child. I don't have any family right. either. Um, you know, my mom just passed away in November. 
uh, I went to New York for business last week, and I had the opportunity, you know, as I always do when I go back east, to go to, you know, my family home. Um, you know, it's sitting there, and I now, it's now my home, but I keep calling it my parents' home or my mom's home. It's, and, you right. know, I thought about it for a minute, and I said, you know, maybe I'll just go there for a few days. But I stopped myself, not because, mm-hmm. you know, of the emotion. It's because I swear – you know, that house has been, you know, at my house for 58 years, you know, and yeah. it's just the amount of stuff that you have to, and I know you're going through this right now, it, you have to go mm-hmm. through, and, and, and it just the, just the thought of me being there and just assessing what I need to do, I would have, re- I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing it. You know, I, I, she lived with me, I, you know, I, no. she moved, I moved her in with me years ago, no. and, you know, I am. I'm not. I'm like, okay, whatever. And, you know, her room, you know, she had her own room in my home. And I have, I go in every once in a while and it's going to sound, I don't think it's going to sound weird to your audience, but Mm -hmm. I keep, it's like a, I keep it closed. And Mm. because her essence, her, her smell, Mm -hmm. it's just in there. You know, it's like a tomb. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, while I'm missing her, I literally will go in, sit there for a few minutes, just like inhale, just her essence, her, I don't, I don't, again, it, it soothes me, but I could still smell mm-hmm. her and her essence, but I can't clean up anything yet and, and, and take anything away. Okay. And, you know, and I, I'm the, I'm that kind of person that's like, okay, you know, for anything else, do it, let's get it done. Do it, let's get it done off the plate. This is mm-hmm. one thing that mm-hmm. I just, I just am not motivated to <laughs> doing and, and, and I don't and care. Sh- and you shouldn't. <laughs> It's interesting because when someone passes, everyone loses their mind, right? I always say there's two things that happen when someone passes. Everyone wants to know where the money's going, and everyone has an opinion for what you should do with everything else. And so I've been, my mom's been passed for six years now, so I've been listening to this for six years. And, and mm-hmm. still, people that have not given me their opinion yet give me the lovely, just pull a dumpster up in front of your house and throw everything in. And I always think to myself, how must it be to be that person that can so compartmentalize their lives emotionally and spiritually that they can take their best friend and soulmate stuff and just throw it in a dumpster and not even look at it and then just move on with their lives. Like it's uh, they're walking through the steps in Candyland. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I don't get me. it. I, I don't get that either. It is not me either. And, no. you know, my aunt passed away in 2011 and, um, you know, she had a house in Florida that I owned for a minute, you know, and, we were very close, um, and I went to her house, and again, I didn't have any attachment to the house, nothing, nothing in there was, it's, not, it's different, like, you know, because from a parent, you know, it was my aunt, but I literally, like, didn't want to deal with it, and was starting to go through things, and I'm like, but they're her photos, these are her memories. I can't throw them in the garbage. I have to honor that. So, you know, I called a moving company and, and moved everything to my home here in California. And, like, her reading glasses. I mean, I still have her wedding album. I'm like, I cannot – I was not even at the wedding. I wasn't even a thought. I just I, – I still can't. It's like these were her memories. This was her. How do I just throw it in the garbage? I can't. So – that's why it's going to be a while for me to tackle and stuff in New Jersey. But I agree with you. I don't understand people, people that are sort of 
so compartmentalized, so maybe even to some degree devoid of emotion um, and um, and empathy. I mean, you know, there are people that I know, and, and most of them, some of them have not lost a parent or not lost a mother, um, you know, and they just don't, they don't get it. They just don't. And I, I you know, I always thought, you know, I thought I got it when friends of mine, parents had passed because, you know, we're empaths. So you do feel, but it's nothing like when it's your Absolutely. own. Absolutely, It is. No, it's overwhelming. And it, and it happens in waves. Right. It's, it's layers. Yep. And I realized today, and I'll tell you today, basically, you know, I was going to say not for public consumption, but look where we are, sweetheart. Um, yeah. Basically, what I did was I, I hired some lovely people who I trust. They're my landscapers. They've been working with me for a long time, and I love their family. And I hired them to take everything in my downstairs area and move it to one room and, you know, pack it up like a storage unit that I can close off. I'm going to go through it, but not today, so that I could right. then get a living area set up and ready for me to come and bring the cat that I snuggle all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because I need to be in that house and make peace with the emotionality of it without everything else happening at one time. Kind of has to happen in stages. As an empath, you have to get used to things, right? And I haven't mm-hmm. slept. Um, I mean, I haven't really lived in that house or brought any of my stuff to that house. I've stayed overnight there, but I haven't really been in it full time. Um, in you know, since my mom passed when I was there taking care of her, I will sleep there, but I'll spend the whole day at my best friend's house and then go over there. But now that the cat's going <laughs> right. to be there, I'm going to need to be there with him, right? And as an empath, I think you need to get used to stuff, you know. So I had these lovely folks that I know, and I gave them a garage full of boxes, and I said, you do what you got to do. It all goes here. And as mm-hmm. they were moving things, and I mean, I went through my mom's house and took out all the stuff that really meant something to me six years ago and took it to my home in the Valley. So it's not like this is everything. It's just the stuff that I need to sell off and it's state sale. I swear I sat on the front patio in the chair and I thought, now I know why I have put this off for six years. (laughs) Because it's so much more emotional than I thought it was going to be. It was so much more emotional than I thought it was going to be. It was a lot. And um, it's not done yet. They still have more to do on Sunday, and then I'm going to have a cleaning crew come in and a carpet cleaner come in and everything all done perfect and the ozone therapy and everything before I bring the kitten because the kitten is my mm-hmm. god and my baby. Of course. But um going to be such a strange trip because the last time I was there full time, she was in the very room while I will be uh, in her hospital bed and mm. it's going to be a trip. And it's not yeah. that I'm scared she's going to be there or haunt me because she follows me everywhere anyhow. She goes wherever I go. Right. But um, it's the idea of it, you know, and I never will be able to call it my home. My best friend busted my balls about that for a long time. You need to start calling it your home and not mom's home. I decided now we're working on my family home. I'm working on calling it yeah. that. <laughs> I say I'm restoring yeah. my family home. Because then that way it has my on it, and it also right. is hers. But I don't think Correct. I'll ever just call it my home. No, and, see, and I'll I'm in a different situation. Yeah, right. I'm in a different situation. I mean, my house is three thousand. My, my mother's house is three thousand miles away. So you know, if it was right. closer, 
I'd retain it. Would I move in it? I don't think so. Would I retain it? Would I, you know, maybe I'd rent it out. You know what I mean? And I know that, you know, she left it to me as an investment for me, um, you know, and, but it's 3,000 miles away. I'm not planning anytime soon to move back to New Jersey. Never. I, I, I escaped it. Well, I don't want to go back. So it's this, so my cousin's like, well, you know, let's just clean it out and you can rent the floors and make some money. And I'm like, I don't, it's not about making money. Well, sell it, you know, and then I go, yeah, I really should sell it. But then I'm like, well, I mean, so it's all this going through my head and it's like, and I keep saying, okay, nobody pushed me for answers. And then I shut down because I don't want to deal with it. I just don't don't want to, I I don't Don't. have to, and I don't have to. Don't anybody push you. No, you don't have to. And I never did either. The house is paid for and it's sitting there. I didn't have to do anything. Exactly. And trust me, neighbors bullied me. Like, I mean, everybody has bullied me. Because <laughs> when you are a person who is bleeding out and you're hurting, people around you really figure out who you find out who your friends are, as the country song says, right? You find out mm-hmm. who is a nice person and who just cares about themselves. And um, exactly. I learned a lot of very interesting things about my neighbors. <laughs> and um, <laughs> You know, it's it's like everyone's just when there's an old person in a house who's sick, and my mom wasn't. She she got sick and died very quickly, but she was in and out of a wheelchair for a while before that. It's like everybody's a vulture on their stoop, waiting mm. for what they want to happen next. One neighbor wanted her sister to buy it. These other people wanted their best friends to buy it. Then they wanted their best friends to come in and rent it. I mean, it was like everybody was. It's like everybody just take a step back. And you forget, because when you're an empath, your natural nature, right, Gayan, is peacemake, fix, yep. make everything yep. okay, smooth over. So you think, well, oh, I have to make all these people happy. Uh-huh. And you really kind of have to stand your ground. And I believe that standing of my ground, and I'm still learning that, was a message that my mother gave me in her death. Because my mom used to always mm. say, you take too much shit off people, kid. And I'm learning slowly but surely since her death by eliminating different things in my life to no longer have in my life people who don't treat me with the same love and respect that she did. And that means neighbors, doctors, friends, whatever the story yep. is, you know? Well, it's funny because my father, he passed in 2011. One of the last things he told me and my mother, very much similar, both. They go, you're just too nice. You're too nice yeah. to people. Yeah, you're just yeah. too nice. You 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 help people. Why you know? But the, the, these some of these people they just treat you like crap. They, you know why do you why do you help bad people? You know I'm like yeah. I don't mean yeah. to help bad people. It's just who I am. And my father goes, but you get taken advantage of so many times. And yeah. I guess that's part of being an empath. You know, it's that peacemaker. Yeah. It's that, yeah. as you said, peace, love, and mm-hmm. harmony. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and, you know, does it bleed a little bit into people pleaser? Maybe just a little, if you go not from the non-spiritual mm. to yeah, the psychological, little, you know? A little or a lot. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. A little or a lot, you know? So it's, but, you know, but, you know, when people call me a people pleaser, it pisses me off because I don't do it to please people. That is not my motive. I don't go through life and do right. good things for people because I want them to like me. I want them to love me. When I was younger, I would say maybe I did that. And I think that has to do with an only child, not having brothers and sisters. You always want people, you go sure. above and beyond because you want people to value you. So you have to validate mm-hmm. 
your worthiness mm-hmm. to be loved and accepted. Right. And absolutely. And 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 it's like you know it's like I think you know after you get older and I'm a little older now a lot older um you know you sit there and you go wow you know I'm good just I'm a good person just the way I am I don't have to mm. prove my value I don't have to prove myself and. I'm slowly learning, and you do know this about me because you know a lot of my history because we've been friends for a while. Mm-hmm. Is you know, mm-hmm. you go, you get you slowly because it is a change for me. It's you slowly yeah. start to go, and you because you have to realize this. You have to start with yourself and go. You know, I am lovable. I am a good person. I am worthy. So instead of chasing after the people to get that validation and love. You know, but then you've got a, a lot of other people, like you were just saying, that step up, you know, and you kind of, for me, have taken maybe them for granted, and it's always chasing mm. after to convince the people that you are worthy, and slowly, and I do say it's slowly baby steps for me, it's me knowing, you know, again, you are worthy, and the people that don't value you for who you are, you don't, you don't have to go that extra step to prove yourself. If they can't see that in you then they should not be in your life. Yeah, and that's important, right? And it's interesting. I was having a wonderful talk with one of my spiritual brothers before um, we started this today about just this. That's what it all, that's the bottom line, right? If, if you don't know how to love me, I just put a meme up about this on Facebook. I saw this great meme and I wrote something about how, you know, the sort of like the, uh, some, I don't know, this is the, the, the summary is sort of like the best way that people can love you is to let you be just who you are. If somebody doesn't yep. love you for who you are, then they basically don't love you. Because right. I shared that I by the way on my list. wall. Oh, good. Thank you. I can yeah. give you, I can give you a list of all of the faults of everybody in my life that I love, but, mm-hmm. but why? I mean, but why? I mean, that's for your obstacles and your things that you have to work on and your stuff that you're learning to grow and your spirit, that's for you to worry about on your own path. That's not mm-hmm. for other people to be constantly harping on you about. And so Correct. if people don't like who you are, just like if you go to a salon and you don't like the way your hair is done three or four times, you simply stop going. If you don't Correct. like what somebody's doing, then just don't be in their life. But don't be there to just But don't sort of... you find it hard? I mean, as an empath, okay? Yes. Don't you find it hard because for me as an empath, I always look for, I always try and see the good in people. And then when yes. that part of them that doesn't mesh, I'm always thinking deeper going, well, you know, not something must have happened to them, but then I want to go deeper spiritually yeah. to see that, you know, maybe they yeah. came from a broken family. Maybe they don't know how yes. to love, you know, so mm-hmm. I can't, you know, so by time, you know, I go through that phase, you know, first it's like, oh, this is horrible. Then, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be understanding and I, you know, not everyone had a wonderful life like I did and I, ha- I can't be judgmental and I have right. to be open and love them for the way they are. And, you know, but right. you're doing your part, but they don't grow. You're, you're giving them chances and, and looking past some of the, I don't, I don't like to call it flaws, but things. And yet those are the people that sit there and they just eventually shit on you. Not to, I don't know if you can say the word, but sorry yeah. about that. It's well, I, the show. It. I but, said it earlier. So oh, but, you know, they yeah. end up 
than taking advantage of the kindness. I don't know about you, how many times you've been sort of, people have taken yeah. advantage of your kindness and your love, oh, you yeah. know? Sure, yeah. Yeah, and, and as, I, as I walk out of this, as I walk out of my, um, you know, turning 55, so ending, starting a new era of my life where I could now, you know, move into leisure world if I wanted, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I find the thing that is the most exasperating to me at this point in my life looking back, looking at present and thinking about the future is, and I know this is a very old adage, but that people have repeatedly and perpetually confused my kindness for weakness. Correct. And I think when you're kind, people, there are people who believe something is wrong with you and they think you or must they make you think or, or, or you're insecure. Or they make but you the think is, you're wrong. Or they make you think that there's something wrong with you by being too emotional, too sensitive, too empathetic, right. too kind, too compassionate. It's like, why, you know, right. if, you know, why is that a bad thing? You know, if I was a jerk and I was, you know, the opposite of everything that I just mentioned, that is who you have disdain for and you right. sort of judge and talk down to. But when you're on the positive end of the spectrum, why is that so wrong? I don't know, but you know, from a psychological perspective, right, and I work in the narcissist abuse support recovery world in my spiritual work. Mm -hmm. um, if, you, if you go online and you Google 10 things a narcissist says, right, a lot of those things you just mentioned are there. Why are you so emotional? I think you're crazy. Why are you so dramatic? Why are you making a big deal out of this? Why are you so upset? You know, I really have come to believe from a spiritual perspective that there are, there are really two kinds of people, and I know this is probably going to offend some, but there are people that think about themselves and there are people who think about the world. And mm -hmm. empaths usually think about the world. They think about how do my actions fall on somebody else. Um, these folks that live in a place where they only think about themselves, um, they can't be bothered with your feelings, your problems, you know, it's because it's getting in the way of all their stuff. And right. um, I'm, tr I'm trying to find, I had this, like I said, a wonderful talk with my spiritual brother. He's gone through some horrible things in the last year. And he says, I keep, I keep trying to find the love in the situation towards these people. And, and I, I am too. I'm always, when I was younger, I believed bad people should go to a bad place, you know, pre preferably Alcatraz, and just go be bad and stay away from me. And I'm never forgiving anybody because you shouldn't forgive bad people. Where I'm kind of at now is I'm trying to find forgiveness for everyone, not forgetness, but forgiveness. Right. Because I think it makes it easier on us when we forgive them. But, yeah, there I are agree. people who are just wrong. They and are no devoid. They're just I, devoid of anything. Right. Yeah, and no matter how many times I tell myself, I'm never going to find another one, I'm never going to do this again, uh, they just keep appearing and it just keeps happening. So much people you're cleaning out from a long time ago. I think it is just the journey of an empath that we spend our lives kind of like, ow, that hurts, ow, that hurts, ow, that, you know what I mean? How many right. times? Um, but there is something in the healing for them that is part of our spiritual path. That's kind of where I'm at today on our show. What I've been thinking about the last few weeks, that we are here to help heal them. And part of that healing is 
that they then treat us badly. Um, but it's what we need to do to heal them in the same way that sometimes you're trying to heal somebody who's having an overdose and they punch you in the face. Um, right. It's somebody who's in <laughs> crisis that we're here to heal. We don't always get to uh, choose, pick and choose, right, how they treat us. Like I have clients, and I love all my clients, but I have clients that will call me up and literally scream at me and call me every name in the book because they're upset about something else that has nothing to do with me or I say something that triggers them that they don't want to hear mm-hmm. and they just explode. But it's easier when it's a business thing, right? It's easier when it's your career to say, okay. When it's anybody well, else but a partner or a friend. It's when I have the emotional right. attachment. Right, right. And it upsets me and it hurts me. And it, sometimes I have to drink a little ginger ale because my stomach's upset. But I also mm-hmm. think, well, my job is somebody pays me for the time and I am here to deal with whatever they're going through during the time. Um, to people who do that and they're not my clients, I think, well, if you want to yell at somebody, you should really hire someone, go get a therapist or a, or a spiritual advisor right. and yell at them. Um, but I think some people just can't help themselves. They're so triggered. And I think one of the things that I've been thinking about this last year and some that I've been dealing with more clients and seeing what they do is where do you draw the line? And I know you probably think about this too. Where do you draw the line between understanding why they do it and the behavior? You know, how much is, is it an excuse? That, I mean, I understand they're damaged or they're in pain, but are they then allowed to do whatever they're doing just because they're in pain, or do you at some point no. have to draw that line? Here's the thing. It's called boundaries. I have a problem with that. Um, boundaries, oh, yeah. setting up boundaries. You know, boundaries, boundaries, drawing the line. I mean, you know, I'm the well, you know, I go back for more. I go back for more. Um, and I have a really hard time, you know, like I said, if it's business, but if it's a, a person I'm in a relationship with or a person that I'm, you know, t- that I, that I care and love as a friend and it's, there's an emotional, I have issues with that. I can't do it. And it's like, it's not like I can't. It's like, I don't think the word is can't because we all can do anything. It's, I won't do it. So, you know, now in my therapy, I'm like, why can't I do it? It's like, I, it's like I, have the, I have the tools to do it. I can certainly walk away. You can walk away from toxic behavior. You can walk away if someone's screaming at you. You know, you can shut them down and scream it back, but that's sort of not my MO. I don't do that. So that's a no. You know, walking away, I mean, I just, I just, I've never been able to just walk away. So I've been that person that's been in these situations that usually it gets to a point where that person walks away from me and I'm unsettled. I don't have closure. It's like, you know, and it's just, it's just this, this like a hamster in a, in a, in a circle, but you, you know, we really need to. <laughs> on your wheel. Able, you got to get off your On my wheel. wheel yeah. Got to get off the wheel, man. So it's like, you know, and, and it's like, I'm not the only one that deals with this. You know what I mean? I have people say, me, how could you be friends with this person? Like, look at the way they do, but they're, but they are nice. And, you know, they've had this, but it's, you're right. It's for me, for me solely. And, and I'm sure maybe not only me, it's very hard to sever those ties. It's very hard to set up boundaries. I mean, somebody would have to do something so despicable 
Like, I mean, and I can't even imagine for me to sit there and go, you know what? I'm shutting the door. People get close. Yeah. But I never quite shut it. And part of it is, I think, and this I think goes back to psychology more than spirituality, is it's our, it's the way, it's our, I'm going to say fault, although I hate to use that word, but it's our fault. Because we have sort of, because we're open-minded and we're loving, we have allowed it to happen. And these people, we've created a pattern for ourselves. And they will continue to be toxic and continue their behavior as long as we allow it. So getting back yes. to your point, it's how do you, we created it. We, we don't create it. We allowed it to happen. We enable it. Enable it. So, you know, yes. how, do we, how do we close that door? I don't have that answer. I still struggle with it. Yeah. I, 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 um, I mean, do you, have, do you have any input? Because I'd love to hear oh, it. <laughs> oh, I, have, I have horrible problems with the exact thing you're talking about. But I am different <laughs> in the sense that when I shut the door, it's shut. It takes a lot to get me there. But I get to a point where you're done. And it's because it's like how I always have to quit sugar. Right now I quit sugar in mm-hmm. November again. Um, I can't do a little bit of sugar because I'll be like, you know what, I'll just have an Oreo. And the next thing you know, I'm literally like, you know what, I could eat half a sandwich and just have twice the dessert. <laughs> I cannot handle sugar. <laughs> so at some point I have to cut these people off because, like you said, the minute they come back and they're like, I'm sorry or – it, you know, it wasn't me. It was this other person who did it. I immediately go, oh, see, there's the good in there. And then, yep. it, then it all starts over again, and I'm back on that wheel. Um, so, yeah, I, I do. I do. I do reach a point, and I have, especially in the last few years, I have cut a lot of people out of my life. And I hate that story. And as I say that to you, I think, God, I sound like such an asshole. But I'm not. <laughs> it's not bad to cut people out of your life that are hurting you that you should do that it's funny because I had this cat and she had been so abused when I got her she was my first cat so I was 24 and um she had been so abused and she would come for belly rubs and then when you pet her she would like take your hand off and um (laughs) my at some point my boyfriend moved in with me and he loved her too and we just kind of dealt with it it was the thing right and then we adopted other cats and they just learned, like, you know, you don't get too close to Aaron because you never know what's going to happen. So <laughs> the other night, I was, I was telling my, um, I was telling my ex-boyfriend, I still very good friends, we were on the phone, and I was telling him about some of the things I'd gone through the last couple of years in my life in regards to different things with friendships and people. And he said, oh, my God, they all sound like Aaron. And I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> But it's true. They come to you for the healing, right? They feel that you're an empath. Right. It's an unsaid thing. They come to you for the healing, but they don't really want the healing. So when you're providing positivity and goodness and love in their lives, they continually try to take your head off. And I just think Correct. that people are scared to heal. And I also think there's some people out there that are just stone cold narcissists and they don't have any urge to heal. They're just predators, yep. right? They're like sharks yep. in the water. And they will find the path like the wise men found Jesus. 
Oh, dear God! Yeah, we could be in hiding, I, and they'd and they'd be and they'd have the sh- underground, and they'd have they would know exactly where to go and and dig a hole to come see us. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. But but I guess my well, whole start, thing. Right? right. Exactly. But it's like the, you know, for me, the big picture as we t- as you opened up the show, you know, we do see beauty, we do see love, we see positivity, you know, and. I mean, and part of it is, you know, and I've been to many, you know, many, you know, me to spiritual healers and stuff. And, you know, everybody comes back, you know, with me as, you know, you are here as a teacher, you know. And I think a lot of empaths are here as teachers. So that wasn't shocking news to me. Yes. But it's, you know, granted, fine, I have the tools to teach. Now, why, now, where those, now where do I get those other tools? <laughs> those other tools to deal with the stuff. Um, but it is. It is all about, you know, really self-growth because as much as they get from us, and, and yes, there's a lot of them that, you know, we're here to teach them. And, you know, you do have two types of people, as you just mentioned. But even the ones that are the little bit more open-minded, they are just so shut down and so in fear and afraid of change because that's another thing. I like change. I like spontaneity. I mean, I like to grow. I like the journey, you know, and am I scared? Sometimes, but it doesn't handicap me. And there are so many people that are so handicapped by fear and change that, you know, they, and that's part of the reason why I think they are drawn to us because we are these free spirits, you know, and I think they attach themselves onto what they want to be or what they would, you know, or what they aspire that they want to be this part of this cool group, but they are just so held back by fear that they're not willing to take a chance outside of their norm. So they, they retract and stay in their norm, but they keep fluctuating, going back and forth to people like us. But, you know, Mm. it just, is not cool for them, but it's even more not cool for us. And you're right. At some point, you know, we do have to cut those ties because, you know, you try and teach someone and I'm not saying, you know, look, I'm not saying we're here to be the great teachers and we know all because we're fallible too, you know, for Jesus Christ had flaws, you know, any, any deity had some flaw. And I'm calling us deities. I'm not putting us in that category either. Okay. But (laughs) every human, because then I would be a narcissist. Um, but every exactly. human right. has flaws. Every human has, you know, proclivities, baggage. And it's the ones that are, and I always have said this, it's awareness. You and I agree on this. It's awareness. You must be aware of things within yourself that doesn't make you feel good, doesn't make you a happy person does it make you think positively and you really have to go inward to work on that because I can't say everybody is an empath you may think that I don't know I don't remember what your thoughts are that everyone is an empath but everyone I do know no. has some sport of spirituality sure oh of course sure no I don't think everyone's an empath at all let me think about that no I'm just kidding. I don't think everyone is an empath at all. I think a lot of people are the opposite of an empath. And um, um, and that's okay. It takes all kinds on the earth, right? We're all allowed to be here. I always use the analogy when I teach that growing up in Surf City, um, 
we spent our lives in the water, but the sharks were in the water too. And guess what? Everyone had a right to be there. And that's kind of exactly. how the earth is. You can't say, well, I want to kill all the narcissists because for whatever reason they're here and they're allowed to right. be here. Um, but the trick is, like with the sharks, don't bleed out in the water and do what you can right. to stay away from them. That's the two would be the best pieces of advice yeah. I can give people about narcissists. <laughs> don't go into the ocean with a cut. And if you see a shark, paddle away. Um, the problem yep. is, I think, that there is, a, there is a synergy, there's a charisma, there's a connection between empaths and narcissists. And Absolutely. for some reason, we are fascinated by them, and they are fascinated with us. And I think the biggest fascination with us to them is that when you first meet one, or until they decide to show you who they are, um, they come across like uh, like us, so we think we've yep. met like this mirror, like they mirror, but, but, but they mirror. But the thing is, it's right. that whole calculated thing that they that they're so manipulative that they yes. mirror, they mirror. Yes, and we and they because know what we think doing. everybody's good. Yeah, we think everybody's good. Right. That we jump on that bandwagon. Yes, I I was friends with a malignant narcissist for many years. And as I ended it, because I finally saw everything that was going on there, um, I started looking back at my friendships and realizing how many friendships this person had ruined. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, when they're around you, they don't want you to have any friends but them. So they'll do what they can to take right. everybody out. And um, I've been out of it for like maybe three years. Still sometimes bell rung when I run into people who are like, why don't you hang out with so-and-so anymore? They're so wonderful. Mm. But, you know, that's their thing. Um, But the other day, I was having a conversation with a friend. And this friend of mine had met someone and become friends with them who had recently become friends with the same person. Now, my friend, done like the person, was way done with that person before even I was. So she asked this person, how did you meet this person? And basically, uh-huh. this this person told her the story of how he got involved with this malignant narcissist I was friends with. Their meeting was exactly like my meeting with this person. Every single thing that I thought this person had said just to me because I was lovely. This is mm-hmm. apparently what they just say to everybody they meet. Wow. And that was some great closure. Because then I yeah, realized there was no connection here. There was no real friendship here. This was not spirit family. This bozo goes around town and tells everybody the same line of shit just to see who'll fall for it. Well, it's kind of like those, you know, those, those, well, but we do because we, we don't, you know, you know, quite frankly, as empaths, we should just have like, you know, we should just automatically assume that everybody, that most of the people we meet are narcissists. You know what I mean? But I, I can't go through life like that, not trusting or not, you know, look, just automatically seeing the bad in someone. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, you know, prove yourself, you know, you have to prove yourself to be a narcissist or a jerk, you know, otherwise I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, I, I agree. So true. So many people, when I look back on, on people in my life and, you know, and it's like, oh, they told me they loved me, or they told me this, or they told me that, or they told me they were family. I mean, all of that. And then you, you, again, you come down the line and you, you know, this is a very small circle. California is very large, but there's a lot of, there's a, it's very small in a different way. And it's like, oh, I just met this person. Very similar circumstances to what you've said. And it's like, oh, my God, that's just like their lines. 
They didn't care. You know, but meanwhile, you know, the friendship broke up or the relationship broke up. You know, and I'm sitting here like in a ball of tears and I'm like completely thrown off kilter thinking because I thought they meant it. Now, then it was like an absolutely right with closure. Like, you know what? Okay, now I feel better, but they never did. So I was taken. I was taken, you know, I was taken. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay. And for some reason, I guess, you know, that these things are our lessons to learn too. Absolutely, because like you said, and I've talked to a lot of my clients about this, when you are a healer and a teacher, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because it's wonderful to be in service. It's a curse because you still have to have a human life and deal with your own obstacles and challenges and life lessons that everybody has to deal with in, in every incarnation. But on top of that, you're also a healer. So it's like you've got to cram two lives into one. And right. oftentimes it's your human life that suffers because you're always needed to do the healing. It's like why, um, you know, people that travel all the time, like firemen that do like those three, four-day shifts, oftentimes they end up in divorce because they're never home. So we have to deal with all our service work, and then on top of that, we have to have a human life. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's always been the human life that suffered. Mine too. And then Um, the thing is, you know, because we are who we are and we're spiritual, we are. You know, we, 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 we live for acts of service. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, I love to yes. help people. Me so too. do you. You know, yeah. I love yeah. to help people. It gives me, it makes me feel good. You know, it makes, you know, I, it's not, yeah. you know, I mean, I do it as much for them as I do it for me because it makes me happy to know that, you know, I am of service to somebody, you know, but when you are a person of service, you do find it's the whole give and take. There are givers and there are takers, you know, and yeah. the givers usually end up with the takers and the takers like take, 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 suck you dry, walk away. And then you're left sometimes like uh, just like a, an empty shell until you recharge, regenerate, yeah. and then find your own, find your tribe. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And it's, and for every empath, you have to know that there, there are people out there for you that will be your tribe, that will have your back, that will take care of you. Um, but it's just meeting people where they're at. You know, I have a friend that's a dolphin communicator. I tell this story on the show all the time. And one time I asked him, why do dolphins have such wonderful luck with people on the autism spectrum? And he said, because a dolphin meets you where you're at. A human being expects you to meet them where they're at, and everybody should be the dolphin. And it's true. And so you're absolutely I was telling you before right. about these wonderful friendships that I have. I mean, I have these friendships with these wonderful, strong, wonderful, soft, gentle, strong people that would literally would, would cut a bitch for me. Now, mm-hmm. are they perfect people? No. Do we sometimes, you know, kill a bunch of nerves, occasionally have a misunderstanding? I'm surprised it doesn't yep. happen more than it does. Um, mm-hmm. Are there things I would do differently if I were in their life? Yes, but guess what? I'm not. So right. part of loving someone, like my little meme said that you shared, thank you, is allowing them to be who they are and enjoying the, the, the soul tie, right, the click, the, the chemistry mm-hmm. between you and being so thankful for it. And I've had people in my life that, you know, didn't need to stay that would say sometimes like, you know, well, your friend so-and-so or this person, I don't get it. Why don't you dot, dot, dot and tell them this? I'm like, that's not my job. I mean, guess what my best friends never said to me in six years, Dan? Why don't you just clean, pull a dumpster up and you know what I mean? Never. Right. Yep. Because they know 
That's not a choice for me. Even if that was a choice for them, that's not a choice for me. And you have to love people where they're at and allow them to be who they are and not, you know, clean up your own yard. If you have things in your life that you need fixed, then turn inward and see what you need to fix about yourself. But I don't even with my clients, I don't tell my clients what to do. I don't tell my clients, you have to break up with that person or you have to move or you need to do this or you need to go on medication. Like I never tell my clients that because it's not my business. My business is right. to guide and love, pass on messages and connect. My, my, my job is not to tell everyone what to do. That's why I'm by no means a life coach because I'm not here to tell right. you what to do. <laughs> I don't even believe in telling people what to do. You have to give, every message I've gotten from Spirit is always that you have to pass the messages on, pass the wisdom on, pass the suggestions on, but you don't ever tell anybody you have to do this. And, um, and that goes right into my life. And I don't even have any urge to. Like, who, I always think, like, who the hell am I to tell somebody what to do? Whenever I think about telling somebody what to do, I always think, you know what, Sheena, fix your own fucking life. Right. <laughs> but some people that don't want to fix their life, right, they right. decide to project that out onto other people instead because they don't want to deal with what's going on with them. And I understand, but you know what? You don't have to deal with what's going on with you if you don't want to. Just don't push it on other people. And exactly. especially when people are very sensitive, like right after a parent dies or a spouse dies or a sibling dies, when people are very vulnerable they don't need 425 opinions from you. Right. And it's not you know? asked for. That's what drives me crazy. It's like, like if I, like if I, trust me, I, I, you know, you and I are both the same. We, you know, we want advice. We want answers. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring up and we'll, you know, but if I'm like t- not saying it, then shut your whole blowhole. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> it's like, leave me alone, you know, or don't, you know, or don't, I, I just, I, there's a lot. People, you know, I have seen this, and I think I'm less tolerant of it now because my mother passed, you know what I mean? But it was like, yeah. if people said things before, it, sometimes it would just go over my head, you know? But now, things that people say, I'm like, uh, no. Oh, I'm, and I'm speaking up for myself, which does not, which unfortunately people don't, they don't, it's a new me in a way because, you know, I'm the kind, gentle, but then don't push me because then I won't be kind or gentle. Then you're going to get like the jersey in me. And it's that attitude is, right. you know, don't fucking tell me what to do. Who the fuck, do you, look, do you, who the hell do you think you are? You know, you know, right. don't, right. you know, why are you looking down on me? Why are you projecting on me? Why are you twisting shit? Like, right. mind your own goddamn business. You know, you don't want me, it's like there was this one, person I'm friends with and you know they're in a relationship which I'm happy for her because she's happy and you know and you know she said oh you know my partner um you know my partner says um that you know we we both think you don't respect the relationship and you know I thought about that and I'm like you know what here's where we're at with that (laughs) when 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 your partner respects our friendship a hundred percent and supports it, then I will a hundred percent support your relationship, you know, period. But 
you know, I'm not going to, if I'm, you know, I'm just not, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, I'm not going to be the one that sucks it up. And this is with anything now. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm not just going to suck it up and take it and be that quiet girl because then I have to take a whole bunch yeah. of tums, okay? And I'm going to right. speak up, but I'm going to defend my position where I guess before I would just suck it up and not defend my position, I now have a conviction, and now I will too, which at 58, you know, you go, holy shit, she's almost dead, you know, she's ha- over half her life, but, you know, I figure, <laughs> I figure, you yeah. know, what, you got to learn, you know, you, it's not, you look, it's not about how long it took you to do it, it's that you finally are aware, and you're finally doing it, and that's with anything in life, yeah. you know, you know, I you agree. can, we all get there when we get there. Exactly. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. I mean, I'm sure your delivery to people is so different than my delivery from people, but and that's you know, okay. it's still, yeah. and that's okay. We're still on the same, you know, we're, we were on the same path. We're on the same journey. We're on the same growth, but you know what? I, I'm not going to sugar. I don't, I'm tired of sugarcoating things because I find that if I sugarcoat things, I'm doing a disservice to myself. I agree. And I, because I, um, I, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and and you know it, it's interesting how people delivery, how people's delivery work, right? If you if my delivery is not for you, then you're not the person to be my client. You're not the person to listen to my radio shows, and that's totally okay. You will find someone that resonates with you because in looking for your healing, you have to find someone that speaks your language. So exactly, okay and that's why I mean I would. And that's why I think, like, you know, for example, I go back to you and I, you know, we have the first moment we met, you know, we became friends, you know, you have, you have, you know, you have much more experience in this, in the, the radio industry than I do, but, you know, we're both naturals at it. And I would say if we had to do a poll, you know, and I know yours, your shows are skewed a little differently than mine, because God knows what mine is, but Um, but you know, it's still the same kind of message. It's still the same kind, you know, I would bet that like some of my audience, well, I know my audience listens to your shows and I would think that some of your show audience like listens to my show because it's that, that, that energy, that, that tribe, it's like, you know, and it's, you know, and you could say the same thing and, you know, we could have a show where you have the show and we have the same topic. It could be it's going to be two different shows, but the message is still the same. And I think that's what people resonate with is whatever our messages are. I agree. I agree. And if you don't like the message, then that's not the show for you. And you have to find somebody whose message you resonate with. It's like when people say like, oh, this political pundit or this station or boo, boo, boo. And I'm like, look, you know, I don't listen to it, but that doesn't mean it's not somebody else's thing. And everybody has a right yeah. to do that. It's like people, oh, this, this religion, that religion, well, that's not my thing. But if that's what somebody wants to do, who am I to tell them they are wrong? And I've had that, especially since the 2016 presidential election, I've had that talk a lot with friends of mine who, who are supposed to align with me politically and sociologically. I'm like, look, if you're condemning others and telling them that they're wrong, then you're basically being what you're complaining that they do. So look exactly. at what you're doing and let people be exactly. who they are. And if it's not your gig, then you don't have to be around them because we don't exactly. have to be around anybody that doesn't make us feel good. And we have that exactly. choice. But I'm Correct. never going to be the this... person that's going to say, 
you don't have a right. I remember when people used to get really on me on Facebook because if somebody was on one of my threads posting about something that didn't align politically and sociologically with my beliefs, suddenly I would have this whole crop of friends and they would be like texting me like, why aren't you banning this person? Why don't you block this person? I'm like, because they have a right to say what they're going to say. Exactly. Never like the whole time was like, the, remember the Trump, remember those Trump years? You know, I would let, you know, I would say something because I'm very, you know, I'm very liberal and I would, you know, post whatever the hell I wanted. It's my damn page, you know, and I would get sure. these people that would be slamming me and whatever. And I also would get my friends going, oh, my God, why don't you delete those comments or, you know, block? I said, but why? Because you know, yeah. this is who they are, you know, just, just as offensive yeah. of their thoughts, you know, the, the way I see the, oh my God, these people are out of their mind. They're thinking of me the same way from my political exactly. beliefs. So, so exactly. we are coexisting. We just don't agree, but I'm not exactly. going to, I said, this is, you know, this is not McCarthyism. You know what I mean? I'm no. not going to, oh, this no. person doesn't agree with no. me. I'm going to delete their comments. You know, hey, look, if you want right. to delete Sweetie, me or I, you want to block I me. I hate to cut you off, but we literally oh God, have we're almost done. seconds left. Oh where, my God. Where is your show? Where can people find you? And let's do this again. Okay, it's Between the Sheets with Gay and Bruno. We are on the first and third Friday of every month on the United Broadcasting Network. You can watch the show on the Facebook page, the first and third Friday of every month, the 7 p.m. Um, I'm on Instagram, QTE Brat. I also, um, YouTube, Between the Sheets with Gay and Bruno. All the past shows are up there. Um, and any, I'm, I'm wherever Sheena's radio show is, I am a, a podcast. So whatever she just enumerated, I'm there too. Thank you for being here, my friend. I love and adore you. And don't forget, I'm going to be on your show on Friday. And somewhere along the line, we need to have the same topic on your show. Uh, it's Raising the Vibration. Find my movement at RaisingTheVibration.org. I'm at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Everyone on social media at SheenaMetal. Till I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, raise your vibration, and know that you are loved and you are loved. And I love you so much, and I'll see you all next time, okay? Thanks for being here. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. DW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.